The holidays are just around the corner, and it's time to be thinking about getting those perfect gifts for family, friends, or maybe even for yourself. We have the perfect opportunity for you to take care of that shopping list and support ACB Media at the same time. It's the ACB Media Holiday Auction. Join us on Sunday, November 27th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time, on Zoom or on ACB Media. You can bid on great, unique items like handmade crafts, collectibles, technology, and food including those wonderful baked goods and a whole lot more. If you want to get a jump start on things, the Sneak-A-Peak Appetizer Auction is also back this year on November 25th and 26th. Watch your email for more details or contact Leslie Spoon. Her email address is lesliespoon at cfl.rr.com. We'll see you Sunday, November the 27th at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific at the ACB Media Holiday Auction. Happy bidding! Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good evening and welcome to In the Kitchen with Courtney. This is November the 13th, 2022. And thank you all so much for joining us. I am Courtney and I'm going to introduce my sidekick, uh, Kayla, and she is going to read the ingredients. And tonight we're going to be cooking green bean casserole, getting ready for the Thanksgiving holidays. And then Kayla is going to talk to us about making homemade dinner rolls. So Kayla, I'm going to turn it over to you. Awesome. Thanks, Courtney. All right. So for the green bean casserole, the ingredients that you're going to need tonight is going to be two cans, 10.5 ounces of cream of mushroom soup, one cup of milk, two teaspoons of soy sauce, two dashes of black pepper, four cans of cooked green, cut green beans, and three cups of French uh green uh french fried onions divided all right thanks kayla and she will read over the list of ingredients in just a little bit when we get ready for her rolls so we'll go ahead and get started here i have my four cans of green beans here already got them open and we're going to drain those so we're going to get those lids off the cans and I've got a big colander sitting in my sink, and I'm just dumping those cans in there. And you can use fresh green beans or frozen green beans if you would like. Just may have to cook it a little bit longer. I just use the canned green beans because it's a lot quicker. So uh, as most of you have learned who've been attending my calls, I like to cook meals quick and easy. All right, and this is our last can. And if you want to rinse those off, you can. Um, some people like to do that, and, and some people need to for health reasons. But tonight, I'm just going to leave them as is. Let them drain just a little bit there. And then I'm going to dump them into my big mixing bowl here. Oops, sorry for the extra noise there from my colander. All right, so we've got those four cans of green beans, and this makes a 9 by 13 casserole dish full. All right, so we've got those in there, and now I'm going to add my two cans of cream of mushroom soup. If you don't like cream of mushroom, you can use cream of onion, cream of celery. If you even want to use cream of chicken, you can do that as well. 
most of those are interchangeable. Um, and a lot of it just depends on your taste and again, what recipe you're making. All right, so we've got one can in there. And there goes the second can. And other than the French fried onion rings, because I don't go to, um, this is gonna be gluten-free. Uh, the reason my onion rings are not gluten-free is because I have to go to a specialty store for those. And I don't have one of those nearby. So instead of soy sauce, I am using liquid aminos. So that calls for two teaspoons. And I'm just pouring in just a little bit. Yeah, okay, so I got about two teaspoons in there. It may be a little more, it may be a little less, but it's gonna be just enough. And now I'm adding my seasoning blend, which is, and I added about a tablespoon of that, which is um, a mixture of salt, garlic powder, and black pepper. And now I'm gonna add my one cup milk. And we're going to give all that a stir. And then we'll add some of the onion rings. All right. And there goes my one cup milk. All right. And again, this goes into a nine by 13 casserole dish. I've got mine out already. Tonight, I am not using my disposable aluminum because we're going to have this for dinner or with our dinner. I'll put it that way. So I'm using a glass dish and I have sprayed with cooking spray. So mixing that up very well. Right. And we want to add about uh, three-fourths to a cup of the onion rings to our mixture. Now, if you don't want to put the onion rings in your mixture, you can leave those out and just add them all to the top or add as many to the top as you want. That is totally up to you. But the recipe does say add some to the mixture. So that's what we're going to do. And I'm just grabbing a handful and sprinkling that in there. And that's going to be about three-fourths of a cup. And I'll get a little bit more. All right. And we're going to mix this all together. And then pour it into our casserole dish. And then we're going to slide it in the oven. And we will add about five or 10 minutes before the casserole is done. We will add the rest of the onion rings on top of the casserole. So you will need to heat your oven to 350 degrees. All right, I've just about got all that mixed together there. All right. It feels good and mixed up. Um, something I've never tried with this, but I was just thinking. Um, that might be good mixed in with this is some cooked bacon. That might be good as well. So this is one of those, you know, it's kind of forgiving and just play with it. Um, I have to put bacon and green bean casserole and it is scrambled oh. lamb Okay. I'm thinking I may have to do that this year. This is my father-in-law's favorite dish. He thinks he has to have it every Thanksgiving. So I'm making it for him for Thanksgiving. And I might just become his favorite daughter-in-law if I put bacon in there. So, all right. Well, I was his first daughter-in-law, so um, I was his favorite for a while. 
I gave him grand puppies. <laughs> I gave him grand puppies. So there you go. I didn't give him grandchildren. That was my sister-in-law that did that. So, all right. So I'm just smoothing that over um, in my casserole dish, just making sure that it's even. Use your hands if you need to. I'm using um, a silicone spatula or spoonula type and just kind of making sure that it's even all over. And you can cover this. I don't remember if the recipe said to cover it or not, but we're going to cover it with some aluminum foil. So y'all excuse the noise of my foil here. Right, we'll get that covered and get that in our oven. And then we'll get Kayla on the road and making rolls. I will say her rolls sound delicious. I was going to make some today and have them with my dinner. Things just did not work out that way. All right, so I'm walking over to my oven and I'm sitting the casserole dish on my left front eye for the moment until I get my oven open. All right, got the oven open and I stand off to the left when I open it. And then I kind of move over to the center and place it in the oven. And I'm not putting it in the center simply because I'm going to put my the rest of my dinner in the oven next to it in just a few minutes. So, so we're going to set a timer for 30 minutes. And then uh, by the time the timer goes off, Kayla's demonstration will be over. And then we can add the, um, the onion rings and let it cook a little bit longer. And then we'll answer questions about her dinner rolls afterwards. So I'm going to turn this over to Kayla and let her read the ingredients for her dinner rolls and play the demonstration that she has. So Kayla, it's all yours. All right. So um, I pre-recorded um, me making these because there's time for raising and all of that. And I did record the instruction, the ingredients at the beginning of it. Um, before I play this, do we want to check and see if we have any hands um, in regards to the green bean casserole? Yes, we do. I totally forgot about that. So do we have any hands in Zoom? Monica? We don't have any hands in Zoom. Okay, we'll come back to Zoom. We'll give folks time to raise their hands there and we'll come back right before we get that started. All right. And Nikki over in Clubhouse, do we have any Not yet. over there? Not yet. Not yet. All right. So if you have questions about the green bean casserole, just go ahead and raise your hands. We will get to those right after the recording. And um, then we'll add while I'm adding the topping to the casserole. And then after that, we will answer questions about the dinner rolls. So, all right, Kayla, I'll let you take it away now. Thanks for that. All right. Here we go. For um, frozen aisle of your grocery store. Um, but today I will be making the recipe from scratch. Um, I will give an alternative of baking them right away, as well as how we're going to freeze them. And I'm going to go ahead and freeze mine today. So um, for this recipe, we are going to need four and a half cups flour. And I'm going to do a combination of all-purpose flour and wheat flour to try to make these a little bit healthier. A fourth a cup of shortening which again, I'm gonna substitute for butter. One half cup sugar, two and a half teaspoons of salt, one and a half tablespoons of dry yeast, one and a half cups warm water, one half cup butter. 
melted. And this last half cup of butter is for um, putting on the rolls after you bake them. You can brush the butter onto them. So our first step is to put all our dry ingredients into our bowl. Um, and I'll kind of go over real quick before we get started with the doing that. What kind of tools I'm using today? I have a mixing bowl. Um, I'm using a wooden spoon for mixing. I'm using a pastry blender um, to cut in the butter into our dry ingredients. And a pastry blender, looks, it has like a, mine has a rubber handle. And then on either side of the rubber handle, it kind of loops around and it's kind of horseshoe shaped. Um, so it has a, a flat area that goes down into where it starts to curve. There's like five little blades um, with a little space in between them. They're not that sharp. I wouldn't really necessarily call them blades as much as little slats of metal. If you don't have one of these, you can use two two knives, one in each hand to cut them in, um, or a fork. So I also have measuring cups, measuring spoons. I'm going to need a butter knife to cut my butter. And so I'm going to start with my sugar. Um, with the sugar, you can go ahead and directly use your measuring cup to scoop out that sugar. Um, and then you want to make sure you level it off. Um, and I typically use either the flat side of a butter knife or the handle of a spoon. All right. So I'll go ahead and I'll add that into my bowl. And now I'm going to start adding my flour. So for flour, you don't want to use scoop with your measuring cup. Um, you more want to sprinkle it, make sure it's fluffy and light. You want to keep the air in there. We do not want to pack our flour. Um, it will dry out our recipe too much. So I am just holding my measuring cup. I have a wide mouth uh, flour container. I'm just holding my measuring cup over it using a spoon, a large spoon, to kind of scoop up the flour and then shake it off the top of um, into the cup. Just shake it over the cup and it goes in. And then I use the handle of that same spoon to, um, to, to, to scrape off the top to make sure it's even. So I just put in the half cup. So I need four more cups. And again, I'm just scooping this flour over and um, with the spoon and shaking it into my measuring cup. And so I have I put in the the half. So this is one and a half. This will be I'm working on the second. Again, I'm just scooping and dumping that spoonful into my measuring cup over and over until I think it's I overfill it, fill it, overflow it. <laughs> um, so it, it's definitely a heaping one cup. And then I take my spoon and I I work from the handle of the measuring cup and then I go towards the outside edge when I when I scrape it. So that's two and a half cups. I think I have most of the third cup and then I will start with the whole wheat flour I have. OK, so this is three cups and then I'm going to do the fourth cup with the whole wheat flour I have here. Again, this, um, as long as we have the right amount of flour, this should turn out pretty good still. Um, and the whole wheat flour gives us a little more nutrients that we don't get. And since I have three and a half cups of all-purpose flour, um, this whole wheat flour will make it a little bit heavier. But again, you're getting more nutrients 
Um, if you would want to do it all whole wheat, um, you definitely could do that. But I honestly wouldn't go more than half and half on this um, just because your whole wheat is going to be a lot drier when you are doing your recipe and baking. So it's not going to be as as fluffy as if you only used half a cup of your flour. And like I said, I did three and a half cups of all purpose and one cup of whole wheat. I'm just going to double check my ingredients list. I got the four and a half cups of flour, um, the half a cup of, of um, sugar. So I need the salt, two and a half teaspoons of salt, and the one and a half tablespoons of dry yeast. And then I will start cutting in my butter. All right, and um, two and one and a half tablespoons is a little bit more than in one packet of yeast. So even if you buy the one packet of yeast, that's two and a half. So you're going to have an extra tablespoon in there. So make sure you actually measure out your yeast. There is one tablespoon. And then here's a half a tablespoon. Um, and if you know me, I don't typically like to put just straight salt into my baking. So I am going to use my mama spice that I make, which has been sent out to the list in the past. So you should have that. And there we go. Put in my mama spice. And I just mix that up and I keep it in a jar. Um, for uh, using in recipes, I, I use it in a lot of my cooking. Um, it's a nice blend of herbs and spices and pretty simple to make. What we're going to do is we're going to cut in this butter. And like I said, it's a fourth a cup. Um, you, if you're, I'm using a stick of butter. And so that is a half a cup. So I'm cutting this in half. And then I'm going to kind of take this, this chunk of butter that I just cut off, and I'm going to cut it into smaller pieces. So one, two, three. I, so I cut it into four, like, pads of butter um, in one direction. Now I'm cutting those again. So um, I'm slicing those into about four more pieces and so that I can kind of sprinkle it over my dry ingredients. And before I give put that in, I am going to take my wooden spoon and I'm going to give this a good mix. Make sure that mama spice, that sugar, that flour, that yeast um, are all kind of mixed in and together um, as into the dry ingredient. Um, you don't have to use a wooden spoon. You can use a metal spoon. Um, I have a metal bowl, so I don't typically like to use metal on metal. Um, I don't want to scratch it. I don't like the sound of it on each other. Um, so whatever you have and you like to use, it's fine. So I gave that a good mix. Now I'm going to grab my butter. And my butter is cold. Um, when you when you cut in ingredients um, such as butter into a into this, you want to make sure it's cold. If it's warm, it's just going to get super mushy. And so I'm putting that in right now, and I'm kind of just breaking up the pieces of the butter with my fingers to make sure they're separated. And then I'll take this extra half of my stick of butter, and I'll put it in a Ziploc bag, and I'll put it in my refrigerator for later use. Um, I'm going to use my pastry blender. 
And the way to use this is I hold on to the handle and I kind of um, take the blade part and I just kind of cut it and smush it down into the mixture. I, 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 I uh, distributed the butter pads um, or pieces across the top of this so that they were spread out in the bowl. And I'm just kind of cutting it. Um, I'm going from one side and it, since this is rounded, I'm going up the other side. So I'm kind of just going across my bowl over and over again and, um, from like left to right and then top to bottom. So I'm, I'm, you can either change the position of your hand or kind of turn your bowl. Um, we want to kind of have this to be evenly distributed. Um, and if you want, if you don't have a pastry blender and you don't feel comfortable with the two knives, so what we would do with the butter knives is we would put the blades next to each other, kind of in an X shape, and cut them from left to right and so on and so forth. And, and so I'm just kind of feeling this with my hands. I kind of feel a couple chunks still, um, larger chunks, so I'm kind of breaking them up with my hand a little. So, yeah, I'm getting a little bit of flour on my hand that's starting to chunk up a little more. So your, your flour kind of starts to stick, like kind of form little balls when you do this. Um, not a lot of them, though, because this is really a lot of flour compared to the butter amount. But once we start adding in our warm water, that will um, kind of melt the butter a little bit. But now we kind of have it distributed throughout the flour. And then I'm going to take my bowl over near my sink. So when I get my water, I don't have to walk across the kitchen with it. The least amount of space I need to go with that is better. I'm trying to get, also get this water to warm up a little bit because I want it to be warm water, not hot. Um, we have yeast in here, and we want to feed and, like, nourish our yeast. And the best way to do that is to treat it like a baby. So we want really, we want warm water, but we don't want it to be hot. Um, a good way to kind of test your temperature of your water is on your wrist. Um, kind of like if you were making a baby bottle, um, you could test that out on your wrist. Um, you don't want it to be hot, but we don't want it to feel cold somewhere right in the middle. Um, so around 105 degrees is what it says. Okay, and that's feeling pretty good to me. I'm going to start with my one cup. And we're going to add the water while we're mixing. So I have my water I just measured out, the one cup, in my left hand. And I'm using my right hand to mix as I'm adding it in here slowly. So just a little bit at a time and then mixing that in. All right. And then we need a half a cup as well. I'm going to give this a couple good mixes now that I got that one cup in. And I can feel it starting to stick together. Starting to stick to my spoon a little bit more. All right, and let's get that half a cup of water in here as well. I'm rechecking my water, the temperature. Need a little warm. Let me turn it down a tiny bit, actually. All right, there we go. That's good temperature. I'm slowly dribbling that over the flour as I'm mixing it by hand as well. So now we just got to mix it. And honestly, I'm going to get in here in just a second with my hand. 
and mix it that way, it's much easier. Um, and then once we get it all mixed up, we are going to turn it out onto a floured surface. Um, I like to use a cutting board to do that. Um, I have some thinner plastic cutting boards that I like to use for that. They're a good size. They're probably a foot by 18 inches in, for size, so it gives me some room to work with. And I'm going to sprinkle a little bit of flour onto it. Real quick, I'm going to get in here with my hands first, though. Mix this up better. Um, right now, I'm just kind of scraping it off of my wooden spoon. So I'm going to get in there and mix this up real well. And then once it is stick together, I'm going to, I have that, um, like I said, I have a cutting mat. I guess I didn't say that in the beginning of materials you'll need, um, but a cutting mat or something you can pour your flour mixture out onto to knead it. And then I also got a cookie sheet out and I put parchment paper on it. You can use tin foil to, to do it. And that's going to be for when we freeze this here in a little bit. So I'm kind of using my hand and I'm scraping the sides of my bowl down a little, trying to make sure I get all that flour and uh, all that good stuff mixed into this. It's kind of a looser, um, dough at this point um, until we start kneading it. So it starts to come together. And once your your ingredients start to stick together, that's when you're going to want to turn it out and start kneading it. Um, and to knead your dough, what we do is we take it and we form it into a ball, which I'm doing now. And if it seems to be sticking to your hands a lot, mine's not too bad. Um, you can put a little bit of that flour on your hands if it's sticking too much. But I think this is pretty good. I actually think that it's really dry here today. And I think I'm going to need an extra um, tablespoon or two of water with this to get it all to stick together better. So I'm going to add a tablespoon of water. Um, and that really depends on your environment when you're baking bread is um, how much water you need. Like I said, I'm in Arizona, so our environment right now is pretty dry. But if you're like in Florida or somewhere where they have a lot of humidity, you're probably not going to need this extra tablespoon of water I just put in. And I will say that extra tablespoon was the perfect amount. It's picking up all that extra flour or dry ingredients that were not sticking into it quite perfectly now. Um, it definitely is shape, it's keeping its shape as a ball. So I'm going to start kneading it. And to knead it, you take your ball, you form it, and then you take your hand and you push down on it and flatten it out. And then I'm going to turn it and I'm going to take the... Um, I kind of fold it in half and push down again and then turn. And I'm turning it from like a quarter of a turn um, or a half, maybe a half a turn. So the part that's at six o'clock, I'm turning it. So it's now at nine o'clock. So a little quarter turn there and then I'm pushing it down. And I'm going to repeat that. And you, The recipe says to do this for 15 minutes. 
So I am going to pause the recording here. I got my dough is all kneaded. It's really smooth now, um, texture. And I was thinking while I was kneading this, the reason I probably had to add that extra tablespoon of water also is um, because I added the wheat flour. And the wheat flour absorbs more of the liquid than the whole than the all-purpose flour um, would have. Um, it's kind of cold here in my kitchen today. It's only about um, 55, 60 degrees outside right now, and I don't have my heater on. So I am going to warm up my oven, and I have this in. I'm going to use a metal bowl, and I'm going to grease my bowl, and um, I'm just going to warm up my oven for a minute or so just so it's kind of toasty in there so that I can make sure my yeast stays good to rise. So I am using paper towel, and I'm putting grease on my paint or in my bowl and then I'm going to plop in my dough and I am going to let this rise for about an hour or until it doubles in size and then we'll come back and we'll do the next step. So I will before I um, put this in here I'm just checking my oven's not quite warm enough yet. Uh, I don't want it to be hot in there but I don't want it to be cold. Um, if you don't feel comfortable with this, you can always just set this on the counter in a warm spot, put a paper uh, towel over the top of it, um, or you could put it in the microwave for a, for a little while to do its raising in there. Just make sure you have something over the top because we don't want anything to get in this bowl or your dough. Okay, so my oven is warm. So um, like I said, I only warmed it up for about two minutes, maybe if that. Um, it's warm enough now, so I'm just taking this dough I'm going to put it in the oven um, or cover it however you guys want to rise your dough and I will be back in about an hour all right so I um my timer just went off so I'm about to take this dough out of the um from rising and I did just wash my hands also my hands are nice and clean um and you know what I honestly, I think this needs to rise a little bit longer. So I am going to pause this again and we will come back and um, I'm going to let this rise just a few more minutes. Okay, so I am back here now and I um, my 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 dough is risen um, a double in in size now. And so what I want to do is I want to make it into small balls. Um, first, I'm, I'm taking the dough and I'm kind of what they call punching it down. So I'm just kind of pressing it down, almost like kneading it again once or twice just to get some of that air out. And what we want to do is we want to form these, this into small balls. So it says about an inch and a half ball. So a little bit smaller probably than, say, a golf ball. And I'm going to roll all of the dough into this, these size balls. I want them to be pretty consistent in size. Um, that'll be important later when you bake them so they bake evenly. And I'm putting them on my parchment papered lined um, cookie sheet because I'm going to freeze mine. Um, you can do have the option of not freezing them. And what you would do if you decide to just make them right away is you would preheat your oven to, well, you would let these rise on it in a, on a pan, um, I typically cook them in a 9 by 13 greased pan. Um, 
And so what you would do is you would um, let them rise for 45 minutes um, if they are thawed and fresh like these ones are. And then um, you would bake them at 400 degrees for about 12 minutes. If you go the route I'm going where you freeze them, again, I'm placing them on a cookie sheet. And then I am going to take them and I'm going to put them in a freeze in the freezer. Once they are frozen, so in about 24 hours or so, I want to make sure they're completely frozen. I can take them off the cookie sheet and then place them in a Ziploc bag. Um, the reason I put them on a cookie sheet to freeze them and not directly into the Ziploc bag is I don't want them to rise a little bit and then stick together and have this big lump of dough in my pan or in my freezer. <laughs> so um, if you do go this route with the freezing, what you will do to cook them is you will place them in a pan, a grease pan, for three hours. We're going to let them rise for three hours. That'll give them time to thaw, and then they'll, like, double in size so we can do that. And then, again, we're going to preheat the oven to 400, and we'll bake them at for 12 minutes. Both of these methods, once you take them out of the oven, you are going to want to take a pastry brush or however you want to. I usually use the pastry brush and put butter over the top of your rolls. And that is about it for this recipe. So I'm just going to kind of ball the rest of these up and then get them into the freezer. So I hope you guys all enjoy this as a nice um, thing, uh, like roll recipe you can make a couple days ahead of time. Um, even a couple months, I wouldn't say more than three months. You probably don't want them in the freezer longer than that because they'll start getting freezer burn. Um, but you can definitely make them well in advance, freeze them. And then for Thanksgiving, Christmas, um, whenever, um, thought out um, however many you want, you can make them all. You could just make a couple if it's just you and one or two other people. So you don't have to make a bunch of dough all at once or rolls all at once. Um, and that is about it. And I hope you all enjoy this recipe. All right. Thanks so much, Kayla. And that was perfect timing. It is time to take the casserole out and put the onion rings on. So while I'm taking this out of the oven, I'm going to ask, are there any raised hands in Zoom? And then we'll jump over to Clubhouse. There are no raised hands in, yes, there is a raised hand in Zoom. <laughs> All Diana. right. All right. And we'll Diana. answer any roll questions after we get this casserole back in the oven. Okay, okay Diana has a question. Okay, go ahead, Diana. Oh, sorry, it was a roll question, so I'll, I'll wait. All right, we'll sorry. come back to you. That's okay. All right. All right, and do we have any hands in Clubhouse that are related to the green bean casserole? We'll get to the rolls in just a few minutes, okay? None so far. None so far. All right. Yeah, I've got a lot of questions on the rolls too. So, but I'm going to let you guys ask first. So, all right. So I have just uncovered the uh, the green bean casserole. Just took it out of the oven. I left it in there for about 25 minutes. So just uncovered it. And now I'm going to just carefully, because this is hot, I'm going to sprinkle on the other, the rest of the French fried onions. So what I'm doing, these are coming in a bag. So at the moment to find where my casserole dish starts and I'm working from right to left. 
I've got my bag at the top right-hand corner of my casserole dish, just touching it. And apparently I'm not doing a very good job. That was the bottom right-hand corner. Excuse me. <laughs> because, yeah, even I make mistakes, guys and gals. I lost my onions that I had in my hand. That's the one on the counter. Okay, so we're going to do a better job at determining where my corners are. All right, so I've got that. I, I have figured out where my pan is now. And I'm thankful that it was onion rings and not something really, really messy because I just cleaned off my counters. So I'm just, just sprinkling those over the top, getting to the bottom of the bag. So now I'm just finding, there we go. And I'm just going to sprinkle the rest of them on top. And I don't know how many were in my bag. I just know that there's a lot and we like French fried onion rings. So there you go. I am not going to cover this with foil for the next five or 10 minutes. And I'm just going to stick it in there. And it with those onion rings just to get a little more crispy and brown just a little bit more on top. So let me get my gloves on. And while I'm doing this, we'll go ahead and take questions about the rolls. So we will go to Diana. So Diana, go ahead with your question. And thank you for joining us tonight. Yes, I love being here in their, in their show. Um, <clears throat> I was wondering, can you, I had like three little separate questions, but they're fast. Um, do you, was that instant yeast or regular active dry yeast? How many active does dry it, yeast. active dry yeast? Okay. Yep. Um, how many does it make? Um, mine made 24. 24. And then do you, have you ever used bread flour or do you advise using bread flour instead of all purpose? I have not used um, the bread flour for this specific recipe because it calls for the all purpose and your bread flour is going to have other ingredients in it, um, such as I think baking soda and powder already in it. Um, so your amount of yeast you would need with that would change because it already okay. has those leavening agents in it. Okay. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, and I also want to point out that you could, um, if you don't want to knead it by hand and you have a KitchenAid mixer, you could always use that as well to do your kneading. Um, I, I did it by hand in this recipe because I know not everybody has that tool available to them. So right. it definitely can be made in the KitchenAid mixer with the dough hook um, if you have that available to you. Great. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Good question, Diana. And Kayla answered one of mine. So great. All right. Do we have any, any other hands in Zoom? We do not. Okay. Do we have any questions in Clubhouse? And I'll take questions on, we'll take questions on either the rolls or the casserole if you didn't get your hand up for the casserole. Not at this time. Okay. All right. So I put my casserole back in for another about 10 minutes and then um, we'll take it out and let it cool a little bit and try it if y'all would like for me to try it on air. All right, so I have a few questions. So Kayla, you did say that it could be, you know, used, this could be made in the KitchenAid mixer using the dough hook. When you're making, mixing up the ingredients, would you use the dough hook for that or would you use the whisk attachment or the paddle or, or what would you use? Yeah, so um, you would still need to cut in your butter by hand. So you could put the, um, the, uh, 
the paddle attachment on there and mix up your dry ingredients, but you still need to cut uh, in your butter either way. Um, mm -hmm. So whatever method you want to use. Um, I haven't done it, but I'm pretty sure that you could pulse it in a food processor as well to get that butter um, uh, mix to, to kind of get the butter cut into it as well. So if you have like arthritis or something like that um, in that task, it's harder for you to do because it takes a little more hand muscle and dexterity. Um, I'm pretty, I'm like 99% sure you could use a food processor, just pulse it a couple times. Um, you don't want to over pulse it because then your, your the heat of it will start to melt your butter. Right. I will go ahead and make it a hundred percent on that because I okay. just, um, <laughs> the reason I say that I was just editing a podcast, um, where they made, we're talking about making chicken pot pie and making homemade pie crust. Yeah. And the, the chef in this recording, he said he had a um, recipe for food processor pie crust. And so, you know, and it has some of the same ingredients. Of course, you know, it has the butter in there and you've got to keep it cold. So, yes, um, yeah. it was done in the I food processor. I was pretty sure because I was reading the mm -hmm. recipe about making your pie crust in your in a food processor the other day as well. So that's pretty ironic. Yeah. So, so yeah, so I, I will go ahead and say hundred percent, you know, you can mix up your dry ingredients and then cut in your butter with a food processor. And then you could just dump the rest, you know, those ingredients into your mixing bowl. And, you know, if you, you'll have a KitchenAid mixer, even if you don't, and you have a food processor, you could at least do that part in the food processor and then do the rest in a regular mixing bowl. So yeah. Oh, I like to make sure we give options because not everyone is going to have the same tools I have in my kitchen. So right, right. And I like options because even though I do have a KitchenAid stand mixer, I don't have the counter space for it all the time. So it stays put up and I hate to drag it out <laughs> unless I absolutely need it. I'm going to do a lot of baking or cooking. So uh, I will definitely be dragging it. I did tell my husband the other day, I said, okay, I'm dragging out the stand mixer and it'll be out at least until after Christmas. So just be prepared. <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah, I'm going to drag that out. The reason I have a kitchen or I got my kitchen, a mixer originally, Jimmy bought it for me um, for Christmas one year after he saw how many cookies, different kinds of cookies and stuff that I was making and how much, you know, he's like, I, I, I'm like, well, you're a little late for this year, but good for next year. <laughs> so. Yeah, but you could get a head start on those cookies for next year. So. Yes. Right, so I, I have a few more, <laughs> a few more tips and things, but I want to uh, go to Nikki and see if we have any questions over in Clubhouse. And then we'll come back to Monica and Zoom. I'm just checking to be sure, but I don't think so. Uh -huh. And there are no questions right now on Zoom. Okay. Nope, no questions. All right. All right. Again, either they're salivating or they're asleep or. Or we, we did, did a really good job. We did a good job. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm going to go with that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so on your yeast, um, make sure, and you know, you may have to have sighted assistance if you're not able to see it, but your yeast has an expiration date on it, okay? So make sure your yeast has not expired. If it expires, then it's not, 
it might work, but then again, it might not. So it might not, you know, raise your bread like it needs to be. So just check that expiration date. Also, you can store your yeast in the freezer for, I don't know how long, but it even past the expiration date, it's still good as long as it stays either in the fridge or the freezer. And I keep mine in the freezer because I don't bake that much. Um, back when, right before the pandemic started, I thought, well, I'm going to start making some, some homemade bread and uh, never did get to it. But you can buy yeast in bulk. So if you don't want to buy it in the little packets that come three to a little sleeve, you know, that's how most of us buy it. You can either buy it in a jar or what I bought was a one pound block of yeast and it comes vacuum sealed just like your coffee does or used to come. I don't know if coffee still comes vacuum sealed in blocks or not. Um, what we buy comes in a canister. So, but you, you know, you used to get the one pound blocks where it was vacuum sealed and that's what it is. And I've just got it in the freezer and I haven't opened it yet. But um, again, I don't remember how long it will last, but I'm, I haven't opened it and I'm pretty sure it's still going to be okay. Um, so you can store it in the freezer or the fridge for long periods of time. So, and Kayla may can answer that question better than I yes, can. Yes. So I've not had any problem with keeping mine in the freezer and I've probably kept mine in the freezer for like a year. Um, typically, because I do, I'm sorry if you can hear my dog. Um, if I do, um, uh, I do keep some of it in a jar in my fridge. So I open the thing, the block, I pour it into like a small um, mason jar, like a jelly jar size one. So it's kind of smaller. And I keep that in my fridge. And that's what I use Um you know, and then once that's empty, then I get some more and I refill it from the one in the freezer. Um, if you want to test out your your um, yeast before you're going to use it in a recipe, if you've had it a while and you have more than one packet of it, if you have like the jar of it, um, you can take it and you can add it to water and put a tiny bit of sugar in with that water. So I'd say, mm, for the two tablespoons or whatever you, what will happen is you let it sit for about five minutes and it will start to foam up. And that means that it is, um, that it's still good. And then um, like when I make my pizza dough, that is part of the recipe is you let the yeast sit for five minutes in the water and kind of start um, getting foamy on the top. And then I add my dry ingredients into it. Um, and that helps cut down on some of the raising time for the bread. Um, so when I do my pizza dough, I only raise it for 20 minutes and I only raise it once. Um, and maybe I'll have to do that on the call sometime, Courtney, do a pizza dough. Um, I can't yeah, remember I was, if we've done that yet or not. We haven't done it on this call. That was something I was okay. thinking about the other day, kind of. I'm looking ahead to next year as to, you know, some different things and homemade pizzas was, was on my list. So um, awesome. Well, I would like to help with that one. That's something me and my family do often. Um, my kids don't even, they, they don't like takeout pizza. Um, they only want our pizza. <laughs> so, um, which is, which is a compliment, but it's kind of annoying when I'm like, I just want to order out pizza and not cook. And they're like, but we exactly. want to make pizza. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So that's kind of one of the ways you can test it is you put a tiny bit of sugar in it that gives it food. Make sure your water is warm, 
not hot around that 105 degrees or what feels kind of nice and warm on your wrist, but not hot um, and let it set. Um, and that will let you know whether that yeast is able to be activated or not. Yeah, because if you get that water too hot, you're going to kill your yeast. Uh, yeah, and, and I always keep my, I've <laughs> always kept my yeast in the fridge or freezer. I've never kept it in the cabinet um, because keeping it at that lower temperature does extend its life. Um, so I'm able to use it you typically a little past that expiration date as long as it's stayed cold because it it um, keeps it from activating at all. All right. Do we have any raised hands at the moment? Yes, Diana has a question in Zoom. Okay, go ahead, Diana, and then we'll check with Clubhouse. So if you have questions in Clubhouse, go ahead and get those hands raised. All right, Diana, what's your next question? Sure. Um, <clears throat> it always has confounded me, and I know this sounds like a simple thing. It should be a simple thing, but I have seen so many complicated uh, ex explanations of how to roll the little, the, that's what's always confounded me about rolls, is how to make them into little balls of dough. I've seen things like where, oh, start making a ball of dough and then put your your left forefinger and your right and your left thumb and put that together like you're making an okay sign and push the ball up through there and then it leaves some ends on the bottom and then you fold those under. I'm like, I do not even understand how a ball of dough would have little ends on it. But so, yeah. so I just roll just it and balls in my hands. I did not Thank do you. anything. I did Thank not you. do origami balls. I, don't know, uh, I just roll them like in my hands, like in the palm of my hands. I'm like, I, I don't, I don't even understand why they would like, that's just weird to me, but I've seen it that explained that way. Like quite a few times. I'm like, no, no, I don't think so. I'm going to roll them into yeah. little balls and be done with it. So, And mine, like once you raise them again, that shape is going to, you know, is, isn't going to completely stay the same. That's so true. when I do a pan, um, I put them about an inch to an inch and a half apart. Um, right. And then I let them raise and they raise into each other. Mm -hmm. um, and then I bake them. And then after they're, they're done, I put the butter on them. I let them cool a little bit. When I pull them out of the pan, I just pull them apart by hand. Awesome. I don't awesome. cut them or anything like that. Um, typically, I'll just leave the pan of them and, who, and people can tear off their own roll. Right. Um, to and be I honest. Also keeps so. them a little warmer that way too, probably. So. Yeah, it does. And there's, there, I've never had anyone complain about them. Actually, this Thank is the recipe. Thank you for sharing me about yeah. the... I don't need to do the origami no. dough ball. No. <laughs> so, this you. is my recipe that's always requested for me to bring for um, dinners when we do oh, family dinners. I know. There's nothing rolls. like homemade bread or rolls. Or they really taste good. So thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. And if you want to learn how to uh, fold your bow, uh, your dough, or in you know using origami, we will set up a craft class for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kayla uh, does good at teaching origami, so um, Courtney. Does I don't know not. about doughigami though. I'm not quite right. sure on that. <laughs> you know. As long as I have written directions, I can teach origami, but I can't. And I have a hard time. I, I I'm slow at origami, so. All right, my timer went off and I've got my green bean casserole out of and I've scooped me up some in a bowl. I'm going to let it cool just a little bit because it just came out of a very hot oven. 
So I don't want to put all that hot stuff in my mouth. So this is a family-friendly show. And y'all don't want to hear my unfamily-friendly <laughs> stuff when I eat control there, Courtney. Yes, yes. <laughs> so we're going to let that cool off just a little bit. And we're going to see if we have any more questions. So do we have any in Clubhouse? Nope, we do not. Okay. So, Monica, can we have a time check, please, Anne? Yes, we have... Um, it's nine minutes to the top of the hour. All right. Well, it looks like since we don't have any more hands, we'll go ahead and close this out early. So I, I want to say real quick. Sure, sure. Go right ahead. So um, I always put cheese on top of my green bean casserole. Oh, yum. I haven't thought about that. Okay. okay. I wasn't sure because I know um, the hubby doesn't like cheese. So I wasn't no. sure if that was something you didn't do for him or, um, you know, no but I always put che- a layer of cheese and then I put my French fried onions on top of the cheese. Oh, yum. But I'm the rest make- of your recipe is, is almost exact to mine. I will have to so. put cheese, make two casseroles next week then I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me, you put cheese and bacon else. in it and then the French fried onions on top. <laughs> yes, Those are my modifications. I- Okay. All right. Well, I might have to do that and I'll make another one for those who don't want the cheese and bacon and just pray. So those of you who pray, just pray that nobody else likes the cheese and bacon on there <laughs> in there. So yeah. Um, all right. So next week we will be talking turkey. Um, I will be putting my turkey in the oven on air and telling you how I prepare mine. Um, and then we will make some homemade cranberry sauce. And if Miss Desi Noller is available that evening, she's going to come and talk to us about, about making cranberry sauce. And if she's not able to join us, she has given me permission to use her recipe, which is on the back of the bag of blueberries that you get in the, this time of year. So I want to thank each of you for coming. Uh, I want to thank Nikki for streaming and connecting us to Clubhouse and moderating over there. She's wearing many hats tonight. So Nikki, thank you so much. To Monica, thank you so much for hosting for us tonight. To my sidekick, Kayla, thank you so much. I couldn't do this without you. And I appreciate you more than you know. Um, you're my bestie and I love you so much. And to each of you, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Hope you'll come back next Sunday and talk turkey with us. You can share how you cook your turkey or ask questions. Maybe we can get Kayla to tell about hers, but later on, she is going to be on the call telling us how she does her turkey. And it's a days long process, but it sounds so amazing. So I'm looking forward to that. So again, thank you all so much for coming. We appreciate you. And we will see you in the next community event. Y'all have a great Sunday evening.